This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sarah Crewe, or What Happened at Miss Minchin's, by Frances Hodgson Burnett, Part 7. Sarah had been about a month with Mr. Carrisford, and had begun to realize that her happiness was not a dream, when one night the Indian gentleman saw that she sat a long time with her cheek on her hand, looking at the fire. "'What are you supposing, Sarah?' he asked. Sarah looked up with a bright color on her cheek. "'I was supposing,' she said. "'I was remembering that hungry day, and a child I saw.' "'But there were a great many hungry days,' said the Indian gentleman, with a rather sad tone in his voice. "'Which hungry day was it?' "'I forgot you didn't know,' said Sarah. "'It was the day I found the things in my garret.' And then she told him the story of the bun-shop, and the fourpence, and the child who was hungrier than herself. And somehow, as she told it, though she told it very simply indeed, the Indian gentleman found it necessary to shade his eyes with his hand and look down at the floor. "'And I was supposing a kind of plan,' said Sarah, when she had finished. "'I was thinking I would like to do something.' "'What is it?' said her guardian in a low tone. "'You may do anything you like to do, Princess.' "'I was wondering,' said Sarah. "'You know, you say I have a great deal of money, "'and I was wondering if I could go and see the bun-woman "'and tell her that if, when hungry children, "'particularly on those dreadful days, "'come and sit on the steps or look in at the window, "'she would just call them in and give them something to eat. "'She might send the bills to me, and I would pay them. "'Could I do that?' "'You shall do it to-morrow morning,' said the Indian gentleman. "'Thank you,' said Sarah. "'You see, I know what it is to be hungry, "'and it is very hard when one can't even pretend it away.' "'Yes, yes, my dear,' said the Indian gentleman. "'Yes, it must be. "'Try to forget it. "'Come and sit on this footstool, near my knee, "'and only remember you are a princess.' "'Yes,' said Sarah, "'and I can give buns and bread to the populace.' And she went and sat on the stool, and the Indian gentleman, he used to like her to call him that, too, sometimes, in fact, very often, drew her small, dark head down upon his knee and stroked her hair. The next morning a carriage drew up before the door of the baker's shop, and a gentleman and a little girl got out. Oddly enough, just as the bun-woman was putting a tray of smoking hot buns in the window. When Sarah entered the shop, the woman turned and looked at her, and leaving the buns, came and stood behind the counter. For a moment she looked at Sarah very hard indeed, and then her good-natured face lighted up. "'I'm sure that I remember you, miss,' she said, and yet... "'Yes,' said Sarah, once you gave me six buns for fourpence, and—and 
"'And you gave five of them to a beggar child,' said the woman. "'I've always remembered it. "'I couldn't make it out at first. "'I beg pardon, sir, but there's not many young people "'that notices a hungry face in that way, "'and I've thought of it many a time. "'Excuse the liberty, miss, "'but you look rosier and better than you did that day.' "'I am better, thank you,' said Sara, "'and, and I am happier.' "'and I have come to ask you to do something for me.' "'Me, miss?' exclaimed the woman. "'Why, bless you, yes, miss. What can I do?' And then Sarah made her little proposal, and the woman listened to it with an astonished face. "'Why, bless me,' she said when she had heard it all. "'Yes, miss, it'll be a pleasure for me to do it. "'I am a working woman myself, and can't afford to do much on my own account, "'and there's sights of trouble on every side.' "'But if you'll excuse me, I'm bound to say I've given many a bit of bread away since that wet afternoon, just along of thinking of you, and how wet and cold you was, and how you looked, and yet you give away your hot buns as if you were a princess.' The Indian gentleman smiled involuntarily, and Sarah smiled a little, too. "'She looked so hungry,' she said. "'She was hungrier than I was.' "'She was starving,' said the woman. "'Many's the time she's told me of it since, "'how she sat there in the wet "'and felt as if a wolf was a-tearing at her poor young insides.' "'Oh, have you seen her since then?' exclaimed Sarah. "'Do you know where she is?' "'I know,' said the woman. "'Why, she's in that back room now, miss, "'and has been for a month, "'and a decent, well-meaning girl she's going to turn out.' and such a help to me in the day-shop and in the kitchen as you'd scarce believe knowing how she's lived. She stepped to the door of the little back parlor and spoke, and the next minute a girl came out and followed her behind the counter. And actually it was the beggar child, clean and neatly clothed, and looking as if she had not been hungry for a long time. She looked shy, but had a nice face, now that she was no longer a savage, and the wild look had gone from her eyes, and she knew Sarah in an instant, and stood and looked at her as if she could never look enough. "'You see,' said the woman, "'I told her to come here when she was hungry, and when she'd come I'd give her odd jobs to do, and I found she was willing, and somehow I got to like her, and the end of it was I'd given her a place and a home, and she helps me and behaves as well, and is as thankful as a girl can be. Her name's Anne. She has no other. The two children stood and looked at each other for a few moments. In Sarah's eyes a new thought was growing. I'm glad you have such a good home, she said. Perhaps Mrs. Brown will let you give the buns and bread to the children. Perhaps you would like to do it, because you know what it is to be hungry, too. Yes, miss said the girl, and somehow Sarah felt as if she understood her, though the girl said nothing more, and only stood still and looked, and looked after her as she went out of the shop, and got into the carriage, and drove away. End of Part 7 You've been listening to Sarah Crewe, or What Happened at Miss Minchin's, by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Read by Patricia Oakley for LibriVox.org.